So I just came up with this right before we came out. Um, my palms have been sweaty, my knees have been weak, and my arms have been heavy all damn day thinking about telling this story. And that's the truth. So my story begins in 2014. I was a young father in a toxic relationship. I had an infant son who I shook and injured. I ultimately pled guilty to a felony offense. I then went on to spend 16 months incarcerated. Most of that time I spent in the Lima, in the Lima Mod downtown in Cook Inlet. That allowed me the opportunity to access mental health programming that other unsentenced inmates don't have access to. Why? The corrections budget for this state is $400 million a year. So in 2015, I bail out, and I was fortunate to have the support of friends, family, and a previous employer, Jackie's Place. I got out and I had a job bussing tables and washing dishes. That meant the world to me, to be welcomed back into our community in those ways. And I can honestly say I don't know what my story would be if I didn't have that support system. So 2015, I'm working at Jackie's Place, and I decide, hey, let's, let's get a job, right? Let's get a real job. So I got a job at Costco. Everyone knows that felons can work at Costco, and it's still true, but when I bailed out, I wasn't convicted yet. So I didn't have to talk about my crime. I didn't have to face the shame and the stigma associated with my conviction. So I'm working at Costco, and I'm thinking, I don't really like how much money I'm making. It'd be nice to be able to provide for myself a little bit more, start saving. Let's finish school. Let's go back to UAA. Let's finish my degree. So I went back to UAA between 2015 and 2018 and finished my degree in economics in 2018. It was a big deal. I was really excited. It meant, it meant a lot. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it meant a lot for me to show my mom and to show my friends that I was going to follow through on something. Um, so yeah, I, I get this degree and I'm thinking, you know, it's time to move on from Costco. I'm not really making enough money here. Let's, let's go towards my field, right? Like, let's start developing some entry-level experience, right? And so that didn't happen, right? I never got the full-time job. It took me two years. So I graduated in 2018. It took me two years to find my first full-time job. I bought myself a bike, right? So... That felt great, but I think we can all agree that two years is too long for anyone to go without full-time employment. During that time, I worried about my financial footing, my ability to go to the doctor, to go to the dentist, to put a security deposit down on a new apartment. Thankfully, in 2017, I had moved in with a Costco coworker, so I didn't have to worry about my housing security. But let's be honest, a lot of people re-entering our community, they do. It's next to impossible to qualify for an apartment in this town if you have a felony on your criminal history. Not to mention the rent requirement of 2.5 times the rent. How is that possible for someone re-entering our community? So what am I talking about? Well, this is my re-entry story. So what is re-entry? I know I've said it like six times now. 
Reentry to me is how an individual prepares him, themselves to reenter the community, to be a, a contributing member of society, to display remorse for the, the wrongs that they've done, and to, to lead with empathy, right? But I think that reentry also has to do with how the community responds. How is the community preparing to extend support and resources to someone in this dire moment in their lives? I think we could be doing a better job. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are getting out of jail struggle to find employment, right? And a lot of the time, I think the reason why people who have criminal histories struggle so much is way more wrapped up in this stigma around someone who's made a mistake, right? And as, as an employer, I think that stigma is what, what people use to judge this person rather than whether or not they're a capable person. You know, and, and I think we could, be, we could be doing better there. We could be creating the environment in our community where we are propping up people when they need our help. You know, I've been out since 2015, and I, this is maybe the third time I've talked about this in like a very public space. Um, I've been really ashamed of this story for a long time, and I've, I've kept I've kept it inside. I've, uh, yeah, I, I um, before I was a very, you know, passionate and outspoken person, and then I, I was incarcerated, and I think that took a little bit out of me, you know, and, and I can say that I was hiding my passion and my energy away from the community, but I think it's important for me to be here, and it's important for me to tell you that, you know, I'm ashamed of what I did, but that it's, it matters, you know? It matters that you know, and then it matters that I'm, I'm a part of your community. So where do we go from here, right? We're in this stalemate. How do we keep community members, elected officials, business owners, how do we keep them engaged in this work? How do we get them on the side of someone who's reentering? How do we connect them to make this a mutually beneficial relationship. Well, I can tell you a great place to start is by supporting the people that you know who have a lived reentry experience. Prop them up. Celebrate in their successes. Lead with empathy and not judgment. Just be kind. You know, I'm on the stage in front of you tonight, um, and I'm here, and I don't want you to get it misconstrued that, you know, just because I'm up here and you're in the audience, I'm some successful person. I don't think that's the case. Um, I'll honestly tell you that I think my success, or my progress, let's say that, has been a result of our community. The one thing that I didn't mention, <laughs> I got wrapped up in my story, the one thing that I didn't mention is I've taken my experience of not being able to find employment and I've started my own business. So get by is me taking my, my employment journey and saying, hey, I think that people who do work these gigs, right, 
should be able to work those gigs even if they can't pass a background check. So most of the traditional gig apps, I, I would assume most of you can probably pass a background check, um, but most of the gig apps don't allow people such as myself to use them. And that's a huge hindrance for someone who's trying to get by, you know, who's just trying to make it. Um, I'm gonna wrap up. I really appreciate you being here tonight and sharing this space. Um, this isn't easy. Um, I can honestly say that I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my friends, my family, and this community. Um, thank you.